Vera opens her eyes to a cold stone room, laying atop a frigid stone slab. Directly to her left, she hears a metallic clinging sound. Trying not to alert anyone to her consciousness, she shifts her eyes around to make sense of what's happening. Ah, so glad to see you awake, says a voice that matches the chill of the room around her. Where am I? Who are you? She asks, fighting to keep her tone even. Hello to you too. I'm Fane. Nice to meet you, he says. Where you are doesn't matter, as you won't be leaving alive. What do you want with me? Why can't you just leave us alone? Vera, you are celestial, my dear, Fane says, his tone filled with disapproval. You go against the very laws of nature, and we cannot have that. We will first experiment on you, and then we will kill you. Slowly, because we loathe you. You shine too brightly, my dear. Your very existence enrages me to my core. Did a beautiful celestial woman break your heart, Fane? Vera asks, trying to steer the conversation in a different direction. Am I that transparent? Fane replies, his voice dripping with sarcasm. Literally, yes. Your skin is like a moth's wing. Vera quips, causing Fane to chuckle and reveal smile lines that haven't been used in a century. Oh my, a smile. How grotesque. That must have caused you a great deal of pain. Vera remarks, not a drop of concern in her voice. Yes, if I'm being honest, I probably won't do that again for a while, Fane admits, turning away to hide the wince that flutters across his archaic features. Now then, stop distracting me. I've claimed the first cut, so lie still, he murmurs, turning back with a handful of random sharp instruments. I would sincerely like to see you try, Vera replies earnestly. Why, do you have some sort of trick up your sleeve? Fane questions. His curiosity peaked. Possibly. Vera teases, leaving Fane slightly worried. Oh dear, I hope not. I'm somewhat positive you could kill me if it were not for these restraints. I... Uh, are you being serious? Vera asks, her confusion evident. I honestly cannot tell at this point this has been the strangest of conversations. Unlike you scathing alchemist creatures, I cannot lie. Or rather, I do not know how to. So please just stay there and do as I say. Fane pleads in frustration. Vera's strength was waning, her body a canvas of pain from Fane's relentless torment. As their verbal sparring continues, she struggles to keep her eyes open, to maintain the facade of consciousness. The metallic clinking sound that had caught her attention earlier was now just a distant hum in her ears. She pulled on her restraints earlier, but wasn't strong enough to escape. The effort it took to speak was almost too much. Every breath felt like a struggle, and her body seemed to protest with every twitch of her muscles. Fane's humming while he implemented torture that he called research drummed at her nerves. His chilling amusement sliced through her haze of pain. Vera's eyelids flickered, her vision swimming. The edges of her consciousness were tenuous at best, but his words fueled a spark of defiance within her battered frame. She fought to keep her voice steady. What more are you trying to discover? Just a bit more, is all he volunteered. Fane turned away with the knife dripping with her blood still in his hand. With his attention shifted elsewhere, Vera seized the opportunity to really look around the room. The cold stone room felt like a forgotten corner of the world, 
a place where time had ceased to flow. Its walls, constructed from rough stone, exuded a damp chill that seemed to seep into Vera's bones. Burning torches sit high on the walls, casting feeble rays that barely managed to pierce the gloom. In the center of a room, she lay on a stone slab, like a sacrificial altar, its surface unwelcoming and unyielding. The slab seemed to drain the warmth from her body, leaving her shivering and exposed. On the walls, an assortment of arcane and sinister-looking tools hung from the hooks or rested on crude shelves. Instruments of suffering and experimentation, each one seemed designed to exploit the limits of pain. Directly to Vera's left, a thick iron door stood slightly ajar. Its surface was marred by rust and age, a portal to the unknown that held a promise of freedom, or perhaps further torment. Then there was the sound of the persistent, rhythmic, metallic clicking that echoed through the room. The room was a reflection of its master, Fane, a place of cruelty and cold calculation. It bore witness to the suffering he had inflicted and an embodiment of his twisted desires and obsessions. Each corner whispered of pain. Every shadow seemed to dance with malevolence. As Vera lay on the stone slab, the room seemed to close in on around her, threatening to consume her. But within its cold confines, a spark of resistance still flickered. A determination to endure, to escape, to defy the darkness that sought to swallow her. With no warning and no word, Fane abruptly leaves the room. Vera waits for a while, listening to his footsteps, growing more distant. As Vera lays on the cold stone slab, listening, a sensation unlike any other begins to stir within her. The pain that's been a constant companion was now shifting, transforming as if her very existence was rebelling against the torment. A searing ache seemed to emanate from her very core, radiating outwards in ripples. The pain intensified, reaching a crescendo that threatened to finish her. It was as if her body was a vessel that could no longer take the raw power that surged within. Vera's gasps of pain and panic grew loud, almost frantic, her fingers clenching and unclenching as if trying to grasp onto something solid. She could feel her muscles contracting, her bones shifting in ways that defied laws of nature. And then, from the epicenter of her agony, an exquisite light erupts, it was blinding, a kaleidoscope of lights and colors that danced before her eyes. She heard the restraints around her arms and ankle began to crack, and she was able to sit upright. As the light faded, her skin briefly glowed with an otherworldly radiance. The edges of her began to seem to blur as if she existed between the realms of the tangible and the ethereal. But it was her back that bore the most stunning change. From her shoulder blades, delicate tendrils of iridescent light began to emerge. Feathers translucent and magnificent unfurled they were wings wings of light that defied reason and all imagination with every beat they sent gentle gusts of air swirling through the chamber a testament of the power that now coursed through her as she extended her wings to their full span a sense of liberation washed over her the pain that had once held her captive became the catalyst for her transformation then summoning the last reserves of her strength she forces herself to roll off the slab with a painful thud, her body protesting the very movement. While her transformation granted her a moment of strength to tear through the bonds, there was still an unignorable searing pain from Fane's experiments that lanced through her. She struggled to her feet. Staying low, Vera moves with cautious, deliberate steps, her body trembling with exhaustion. She moves towards the entrance of the chamber, her gaze locked on the exit. Each step was an agonizing effort. 
but determination pushed her forward. She had to escape. She couldn't let herself be consumed. With a final, silent surge of willpower, Vera slips through the chamber doorway and into a dimly lit corridor beyond. Her footsteps were as quiet as a whisper, her movements slow and deliberate. Every breath was a reminder of the pain that pulsed through her, but she pressed on. She couldn't afford to be caught, not now. Not when freedom was within her grasp. Vera made her way up to a set of wooden steps. A faint light at the top beckoned her. Off to the side, she could see a workroom. The door was closed and she could see the shadow of whoever was moving around inside. Assuming it was Fane, she quickly moved up the steps and gently pushed the door up and open. She'd been underground in some sort of cellar. Vera cleared the steps and quietly closed the door back, placing a nearby rock on top. As frail as Fane looked, she figured it would slow him down if he gave chase. And then Vera took off, rounding the corner to 50 of the stronger members of her tribe creeping up the hillside toward the small house she'd been in. Vera's body trembled, her spirit battered but unbroken. All of the fight she'd mustered up drained at the sight of her tribe members, and she began to sob. Ava's fingers traced the contours of the gemstone surface, her heart racing as the tingling energy flows through her. The others watched, their gazes shifting from the gem to Ava to back again, their disbelief turned into wonder as if they sensed the significance of the moment. Their eyes were wide, united by this newfound bond that transcended the ordinary. The visions I've had, Ava starts. They're leading us deep into the forest, to this cave. I know it sounds impossible, but I can't ignore it. There's something crucial there, something we're meant to uncover. Ava begins to pass the gemstone around, hoping everyone will be able to share the same experience to trust her, to know that she's telling the truth. Her cousins exchange glances once again, a mixture of uncertainty and yet unfounded devotion in their eyes. They saw and understood. Ava begged the others with her eyes, and the resolve settled over the group. A sense of purpose began to solidify. They nodded, their silent agreement, a testament to the bond that they shared. With their shared resolve, they returned their gazes to the gemstone. Its glow was a symbol of the path ahead, a path that would lead them through dimensions, forests, and challenges they couldn't fathom. And as the chamber's light danced around them, they took their first steps towards destiny, a destiny none of them could have anticipated. The journey to the cave, deep within the Odium Forest, was a trek through an enchanting yet perilous realm. Leaving behind the chamber, but not the stone, they entered the heart of the Odium Forest. The air was thick, with the scent of ancient trees and their trunks towering like sentinels. Shafts of golden sunlight filtered through the dense canopy, dimpling the forest floor with patches of light and shadow. The path they followed was overgrown, with wild vines and twisted roots telling the forest's age. As they journeyed deeper, the forest seemed to close in around them, the trees growing closer, creating almost a dreamlike maze. They could hear the distant rush of a hidden stream the gentle whisper of the wind and the occasional rustle of creatures in the underbrush. Moss-covered stones and fallen leaves padded their way. As the team continued, the atmosphere shifted. The mist grew thicker, swirling around trunks of trees, and the forest seemed to come alive with a quiet hum. 
Time felt fluid as if the past and present merged in the sacred place. Then they reached a clearing. At its center lay an entrance to a cave. The air felt charged with anticipation. Ava's heart pounded as she stepped forward. Her cousins and their colleagues stood beside her. As they crossed the threshold into the cave, the air grew cooler, and the sound of their footsteps echoed against the stone walls. They gaped at the sheer magnitude of the cave. The interior was a realm of shimmering crystals and iridescent stalactites, creating a breathtaking display of light and color. Guided by the visions that brought them here, they pressed on. As they journeyed further, they could sense the presence of something ancient and powerful, an undercurrent of magic that resonated with the gemstone's energy. Towards the middle of the cave, the air felt charged. The gemstone, cradled in Ava's hand, had been pulsing with a faint luminescent glow, but now it hummed, casting soft hues of light across the cavern walls. What if we all touch it? offered Jackson, his eyes wild with excitement. Ava held out the stone and her cousins and colleagues formed a circle around her, their hands touching the gemstone, their pulses thrumming together. As their fingertips brushed the surface of the gem, they closed their eyes, their breaths slowing as they entered a collective meditative state. The soft hum of the gem's energy seemed to resonate with them, linking their thoughts into a single harmonious thread. In this tranquil state, their minds opened themselves to the visions and sensations that had led them here. Images of ancient forest, the hidden cave, and the ethereal gemstone played in their mind like vivid dreams. As their meditation deepened, the atmosphere in the cave shifted again. A gentle breeze whispered through the chamber, carrying with it an essence of distant places and times. The air seemed to simmer. In the midst of their shared meditation, a figure materialized before them. She exuded an aura of ancient wisdom and power, her presence both comforting and awe-inspiring, and a bit terrifying. Her eyes held a depth of knowledge that transcended mortal understanding. Her voice stroked the folds of their brains as she spoke. You have heeded the call of the Ethereum, of our bloodline, and our paths have converged with a purpose greater than our own individual selves. Thank you. Her voice echoed in their thoughts. I am Astrid. She more than likely faces an imminent threat from a race called the Ancients. An immortal force of darkness that seeks to exploit her power and toy with humanity. Astrid continues. The threads of faith have woven your paths together and we... Astrid steps to the side, and the group can faintly see a large group of silver-haired beings beyond her, can summon a power forbidden to most, the ability to bridge dimensions and call upon an army of alchemists. The gravity of Astrid's words hung in the air. The cousins understood the enormity of what was being asked of them. With their fingers still touching the gemstones, they focused their thoughts on Vera's dire situation and on this sudden mission. How can these ancients be dimensional threats? asks Ethan. Astrid sighs before she explains. For centuries, they flit between dimensions, introducing new life-changing elements, like the stone, and then destroy the civilizations they affect with cataclysmic events when they get too strong. She closes her eyes and sends visions of the destruction of Ethereon. When the visions stop, the entire group is in tears and vibrating with rage. As their attentions align, Astrid extends her hands, palms glowing with a radiant energy. 
A shimmering barrier of light surrounds them, a cocoon of protection and guidance. Within this cocoon, Astrid begins to impart forbidden knowledge, a spell that would bridge the gap between dimensions, summoning not just her own presence, but an assembly of alchemists united with the same purpose. Her voice resonates with ancient incantations. The gemstone pulses in response, amplifying their collective power and intentions. The cave seems to vibrate with energy, the boundary between their world and the realm beyond thinning. As Astrid's teachings conclude, the air crackles with newfound energy. The gemstone blazes with an intensity that rivals the sun, and the circle of cousins and colleagues open their eyes, their gazes meeting with a shared understanding. We are ready. Ava's voice carries the conviction that speaks for them all. Welcome to Fantasyscape, and thank you for listening to another full episode. Fantasyscape is a fantasy anthology podcast, and season one enters the world of O-War. We are officially launched, so look forward to weekly episodes and follow us so you can hear more about the next part of our story. Thank you.